I waited for everyone to get here before I. Uh, that way, people wouldn't get too close and all that stuff. Because you don't, you don't want what I what what I had. But I am getting better, so I've got my Propel electrolyte, you know, stuff. So I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> Is that too much? Is that TMI? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, happy Mother's Day. I know we've said it a couple times. That was beautiful. Um, what you did, Sarah, that, that was that was amazing spoken word. I love that. And the, uh, I'm going to put this down, and the um, the liturgical thing that we did was awesome. Sorry if my head's a little bit out of it, so if I'm not 100% like spot on, just just give me some grace this morning. It was awesome. It was awesome. I was thinking about Exodus, though, and how, you know, one the one command with the promise was that you honor your fathers and mothers and like this was I, I know i've said this before it wasn't just an individual thing it was a corporate thing it was for the family of god the people of god to say we will honor our fathers and mothers and if god said if they did that then they were going to live a long time in the land that they had so i just i think that's beautiful so we honor our mothers man there's so many great mothers that are here today and um man our church is blessed isn't it it really is really is so we're going to talk about Exodus 34 this morning. Um, this is going to be probably relatively short, I'm not going to lie. That's not bad for Mother's Day, right? Like some of you would be like, well, I mean, I don't know if you're going to do a short message. Might as well do it on Mother's Day. Um, but leading up to it, I want to remind us of a few things that, or several things that Greg had said last week, because this is all kind of in the same scene scenario, like things that are going on here, and I think to get to this kind of climactic moment, which we're going to see in Exodus 34, where God reveals himself in this incredible way to Moses, I think reminding ourselves what has taken place so far will help us to really grab hold of that. And actually, we're going to end um, the message this morning by spending some time in prayer. On I was preparing for this on um, Wednesday night or something in my hotel room, and I started just praying through Exodus 34, and then when it got to the part where the Lord was revealing himself, I thought, why don't we just pray through that as a congregation? So I put that out on Discord, and it took several days, and but we've got four people that are going to help us pray this morning, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but I do want to point out uh, a few things and remind us a few things. The first thing I want to point out is that this scene isn't a really big deal. Like, sometimes we can get caught, I think I said this a few weeks ago, in this, like, God commands this and God commands that, and we can kind of uh, tune out a little bit. You know, sometimes when we start getting through this part of Exodus, though, I think the, the golden calf and stuff kind of wakes us back up, you know, whenever we get to that. But this is a big deal because, <clears throat> you know, I've talked about cyclical thinking with Hebrew in the Hebrew thought quite a bit. Whenever you're reading this passage and we're looking at Moses and what God is doing with Moses, there's a bell ringing that's reminding us that something very similar happened with Noah. If you go to the next slide, I'll kind of just share this. And I'm not, <clears throat> yeah. First of all, how long was Noah's, or how long did it rain on the earth that Noah was you know, for 40 days, 40 nights, and then he was in his ark for a little bit longer as it dried up and all that. 40 days and 40 nights has been mentioned multiple times in this passage, actually. Um, another piece to that is when the ark ends whenever the 40 days and 40 nights are over he is on it is ends on top of a mountain same thing moses is going up to a mountain 
On top of that, there is much evil in the world with Noah. God had said, humankind, it's pretty rough. We're going to start over with you. He, they have his family there, but like the idea is, you're righteous, Noah. We're going to start over with you. Here we have the same thing. We have Israelites, the people of God, the people who are supposed to show the world what it's like to live in community and fellowship with God and reveal God to the world have done something awful. Like, this is awful, right? Like, they complained in the wilderness. They, they've done some things like that, and it's not great. But now we've seen, like, the whole reason, like, God is using them is to show the world who he is. If they're bowing down to other idols, then the whole plan is over. So there's much evil. There's this thing taking place. And what does God say to Moses? Greg mentioned this last week. We're going to start over. <laughs> On top of that, there is, if you read this in the Hebrew, it's almost the exact same phrase, by the way, that in God's mentioning, uh, if you if all remember with Moses, I mean Noah, sorry, he says, and God regretted, repented, was sorry, depending on the way you translate that word, that he had made mankind or humankind. The exact same thing takes place. Yahweh repented, changed his mind. That's literally in red, the exact same Hebrew word here. It's just the way they translate it about the disaster he planned to bring on his people. Again, I bring that up not to just say, hey, look, this is cool, but to say this is a, I don't think any of us would say that the flood was not a monumentous moment. It was, it was huge. This is the same thing. This is, let's not hit snooze, let's recognize that this was a huge moment for God and the people of Israel. I could take it a step further. I don't want to go down too much of a bunny trail, but there is another one who comes and goes out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and finds himself on top of a mountain sharing about the kingdom of God. He actually gives himself for the people of God. I think that's the, the climax of this idea of these people. I think it's beautiful. Isn't it cool that scripture does this stuff? Like, it's awesome when we look and we start reading it and we start recognizing that. I just love that. Love that. You can go to the next slide. But the thing that hit me really hard that Greg talked about the most, I would say, last week was this idea of when God comes to Moses and says, let's start over. Like, how many of us would be like, oh, that's kind of cool, God. I mean, you know, you picking me? <laughs> like, like, I asked myself multiple times this week, how would I respond to that? Like, again, there's real issues happening here in this scene, right? I mean, could you imagine being part, this is probably not a very good analogy or whatever, but being part of the church and it, or, or community of people or whatever and everything seems to be going well and people are, are following the Lord, they're making little mistakes and all of a sudden there's idols in the sanctuary and some folks are bowing down. In our culture, in our canceled culture, <laughs> what would we do right now? Forget them. Let's post it on social media. I'm out of here. Blah, 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 blah. Moses had all the reasons in the world to say, forget you, Israelites. This is gross. This is not at all what God's heart is. I'm done. And yet, he chooses to stand with God's people. And I know that the church in America, where we're at, has problems, right? I mean, I think that we all recognize that. There's materialism, there is, uh, there's idolatry, there's idolatry 
with people, right, that we make our idols. There's all kinds of little things going on and issues, and there's times, y'all, whenever I have had that temptation to say, forget this, I'm going to go start something and be done. Anyone ever felt like that? Probably one of the reasons we have so many different churches and different kinds of churches, and not that there's not ever reasons to do that, but I think it's awful when we do that and we disconnect from the people of God. When we say, we've got it figured out, see y'all, I've got it made. And what I love about Moses is he chooses, when he could do that, he could do that, he could do that, to not only say, no, God, I'm going to stand with these people. If you're going to take them out, take me out. (laughs) And then he goes to intercede for God's people. And man, my heart as I read and as I meditated on that last week that Greg had shared, just said, what kind of man, what kind of person am I going to be? A, per, a, a person that, yes, recognizes flaws, and guess what? Moses doesn't ignore the problems, does he? There was punishment. There was discipline for what happened. He doesn't ignore them. But he also doesn't say, I'm out. I'm done. Get me out of here. Instead, he's, I want to be that kind of man like Moses that intercedes for God's people and says, man, we've got it. We don't always have it right. There are moments when we really screw up, but let's do this together, man. Let's be unified. Let's go. And I think that that's incredible. All right, next slide. All right. So leading up to Exodus 34, I want us to also put ourselves in God's shoes where you have covenanted with a group of people. And they have said to you, they have said their vows, like we say our vows, right, whenever we get married. They said, we will do all that you say. And could you imagine marrying or going into covenant, and then within a month or two, they're cheating on you. And this is the scenario that God finds himself in. These are the, this is the lifeboat people to bring Messiah, to bring healing, to bring redemption to this world. This is, <laughs> these are the ones, and they are found bowing down before other idols. No wonder God wasn't super excited about that. (laughs) But through Moses' intercession, God relents. And the words that he is going to use that we're going to read, that he shares about himself, because he's going to have this great revelation, which uh, Greg ended with them talking about that last week with this idea that God was going to put Moses in the cleft of the rock. He couldn't see Moses. Moses could not see his face or he would die, but he was going to pass by Moses. We're going to read that and pray through that together here in just a few minutes. But what a beautiful moment and what beautiful words he says about himself. I, I really hope, I hope to just kind of build this up for us to like really meditate on who God says he is because he talks about his mercy and his grace, but he also talks about his justice. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. He's incredible. But don't forget that he's saying these things right after Israel does this to him. You know, this isn't like, everything's going great. Ah, This is like, hey, this is tough times. Next slide. So when we get to Exodus 34, we find Moses ready to have this encounter with God, which we're going to end with the encounter. But the other things that take place really quick are God renews his covenant with Israel. 
you'll see that. They'll talk about Sabbath. They'll talk about Feast of Unleavened Bread. They'll talk about all these, several of these different things. He'll also tell Israel, whenever you get to that promised land, we've got to drive the people out. Why? Because they're prone to idolatry. And if they're going to be around folks that have idols and stuff, what's Israel going to do? Because they did it with even, without them. I'm sure that, that uh, that's tough stuff. I mean, John talked about that before, and that was God gave these other nations time to repent. There's a whole lot that's mixed up in that. There's a recognition that even Israel, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't handle it. And God let them know that's what's going to take place. He renews the covenant with them, doesn't share everything, but he does, again, mention many of the things that we've already read. We're not going to read through those. And then, next slide, please. And then something like, I couldn't get a really good picture for this, <laughs> but I was trying to find it, because every picture of Moses' face shining was ridiculous. Like, it was like, blah, like crazy stuff. So I was just like, well, okay, that one's okay, I guess. There's this wild thing that takes place that as Moses comes down from the mountain, as he's been in the presence of God in this really powerful way, his face is shining, it's glowing. Isn't that wild? Or if, depending on who you are, it has been translated horned. Have you all seen Michelangelo's Moses? If you've ever seen it, he has horns because of the translation from the Vulgate, I think. Whatever. I, I don't think it means horned. But there's this idea that, that his face was glowing. Like there's this reality of God's presence, the closeness to God, that like he had to put a veil over his face because of this. Uh, that tell you, so like it's not, it seems wild and kind of crazy, but I've seen something sort of like that happen here at Stones River. That tell you, like I, I was praying with a group of guys one morning. I can't share who they are. You might know this person, but this young man who has grown up like Church of Christ and fairly conservative and doesn't have all these like wild experiences with God like that some of my folks would probably claim to have, and maybe they have, right? Um, we're praying, and he has this incredible experience. He doesn't, didn't want me to ever share it. I'm not going to share it. But we were here, and he goes home, and his wife is like, did you go to the tanning bed? Because there's some kind of like glow about your face. Like, it was a wild, something I've never experienced. Like, I wish I could. But I thought there, and I, when, I, when, he, when she, he told me that, I was like, wow, that sounds like this interesting thing that a little bit like what happened here with Moses. God does incredible stuff, doesn't he? So I just, uh, he's a, it, it's an adventure with God. If we decide to really walk with him, you just never know what he's going to do. I think it's just, I think it's awesome. But let's go ahead and let's go to Exodus 34. I'm going to read this moment and then we're going to pray through it. So we'll have four people come up and we're going to pray as a congregation and then we're going to end this morning. Don't forget that this is, again, after God's people have broken covenant with him. Moses has interceded, and God chooses now to reveal himself. He tells Moses to go up on the mountain, but he's very clear this time, absolutely no one comes. Like before, he told Israel to back off. Some people were allowed. This time, not a person, not even an animal is to graze at the foot of the mountain. This was going to be an incredible moment. I'm going to read verse 4. Start in verse 4, 34, 4. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the former ones because he had broken them. 
And he rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name. This is Yahweh, if that's how you pronounce it. This is the name that is not spoken. This is a powerful moment. The Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. So this is what God proclaimed. This is as he's passing by Moses. He says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. He said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. I love Moses' response to that. It's beautiful. Uh, first prayer is going to be Ryan. Kellum, you're praying. Actually, if everyone wants to come up here, Ryan, Larissa, Ben, Selena. Some mothers praying this morning. I like that. This is not, I told them this is not a big deal. This is not... You, you don't have to have some super long, crazy prayer. But Ryan's going to be praying about God's mercy, his grace, his slowness to anger, the Selena, abounding, about God abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Um, and then Brandon, about God's justice. And then Larissa, a prayer of uh, repentance, as Moses does on behalf of the people. So I'm going to let Ryan just go for it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you humbly, Lord, just in awe of you. Father, your unending grace and mercy for us sometimes is difficult for us to even comprehend. Lord, we are in such all when we fall short and you pick us back up. Father, instead of being an angry God, we see the love in your face. Father, in times when we read some of these stories and we see the people building idols, we shake our heads and laugh. How can that happen, Lord? And yet we know that we put things before you. And Father, we just know that every time that we do it, you are there to pick us up. And Father, we thank you for setting examples for us and showing us 
Lord, your grace, Lord, in your mercy, and we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your love to us, and we pray through Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your love, of which we cannot comprehend or understand. And I thank you, Lord, that your love doesn't change for us, that um, it is abounding and that it is steadfast and that it does not fail where the love of others fail, fails us at times. Your love does not fail. And I thank you for that love that, um, that gives us a hope and a promise. And I thank you also, Lord, for your faithfulness your faithfulness through our faithlessness, your faithfulness through all generations, uh, the faithfulness that we see in the Bible, the faithfulness that we see today, and the faithfulness that we have um, that gives us the hope of heaven. I thank you, Lord, for these things, and I thank you most of all for Jesus. Lord, um, God, uh, I look around and uh, I see a lot of things that to me are just injustice. And it hurts, but it is good to know that you are truly a just God and you're righteous. Um, you know, we look through the Bible and there's all kinds of stories of just, um, just injustice to people, to communities. And, um, I'm so thankful to Jesus that you sent him, God, to bring true justice to all of us. Lord, my prayer, my prayer is that we can all listen to your spirit and make a choice to show your justice to everyone in big ways and in little ways, in everyday ways. Lord, you told your people, you said, bring about justice and righteousness. Rescue the disadvantage. Don't tolerate oppression or violence against, against the ignorant immigrant, the orphan and the widow. My prayer is that your church today will stand up against all kinds of injustices, physical, spiritual, whatever, and that we will be a light today. And Lord, we can't wait till you come back. And you're here, you're ruling with us, and your justice will be here, God. Thank you so much for that.
Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Father God, we humbly come before you and ask for your grace and mercy as we confess and acknowledge our sins and errors against you. Father, may we repent of our sin of making idols, of apathy, of complacency, of selfishness, and of turning our hearts away from you. We repent of these things and desire to turn away from them, and in turn, to set our eyes on you and bringing your kingdom to fruition. Father, help us see the world through your eyes and fully participate in your mission. In your holy name we pray, amen. Wow, thank you guys. I'm just going to let's do a, you guys are great. <sighs> Father, we just, we do, can, we just thank you for um, this revelation of who you are. Um, can imagine how it seems so hard after faith, faithlessness is had and for you to still forgive and to say that you're a God as we said that it's merciful and gracious and slow to anger and Lord let us amen everything that was said and just pray that we all of us here would be able to show the world your character that you've revealed to Moses God that we would show our neighbors and our sons and our daughters and our co-workers and those around us um that there would be a revelation of who you are. We want to be just like you, Lord. Forgive us when we're not. In Jesus' name, amen.